Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi. <laughs> hear me? Hi. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, no talk. <laughs> I know. I know. A very long time. How are you time. doing? How is your new home? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so great. I'm so happy to be back. It turned out Northampton just wasn't the right fit. And um, I live two blocks from the ocean, and I'm living, oh. renting an apartment in an old carriage house. <laughs> so cool. That's beautiful. It's, uh, yes. It's so, it's so awesome. And, like, you know, we just have all our people here. We're working with Rosa again and Moni, and it's just, it's, it's, it's awesome. So, um, <laughs> totally unexpected. So happy, so happy for you. I'm really Yeah, thrilled. yeah. Thank you. I mean, it, you know, um, I guess moving out there helped me realize, you know, this is really a great fit for us. And I never would have gone from Swampscott to Marblehead, never. Like, the two towns are right next to each other. Yeah. Um, I had all these like weird hang-ups about Marblehead because it's kind of a snobby commute. It's like a it's very, very, there's like a very wealthy component to it. Um, and I had always been turned off by that. But somehow, I don't know, everything shifted. And I've had about a thousand massive shifts in Northampton. So um, anyway, it's it's great. So yeah, I feel Good. safe here. What, and what? Is it, and you're in a in a nice community, and well, two blocks from the ocean sounds amazing. It is amazing, but it's not scary because I'm not like we're on like a higher we're on high ground. So it's not like it's different than Winthrop, where we were right on the beach and right at sea level. Um, so mm. we're a couple blocks removed from the beach, so we're we're you know sort of a little bit safer from storms. Although I would move yeah. back to the beach but anyway it um and also we're high up we're quite high up so um yeah i mean there's you walk two blocks down our street and there's there's the ocean and then you walk a few more blocks to the right and there's this huge beach and there are all these i mean marblehead is just um there are a thousand little nooks and crannies and bays Mm -hmm. and harbors and you know tidal pools and bird sanctuaries and castle Mm. i don't know it's 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 a really and then there's old town so the schools are amazing and i love renting (laughs) so happy to be renting (laughs) oh so it was uh and i just went through the most horrendous deal selling the house in northampton um but you know what we sold it and it's done so yeah i'm so sorry well, it was just the guy was a real asshole, but um, that's all right. Mm. That happens. Yeah. So anyway, the guy that bought the house or the the one yeah, the guy that bought the house. It was yeah, the guy that bought the house was a total jerk. So mm. 
so sorry. Well, it's over and you're in the right place. So that's, you know, he will, he will, exactly. things will come back his way. You don't have to pay, to worry about it anymore. That's right. I don't, it's not my karma to fulfill. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so things are really good. Business is picked up. Um, basically like in June, I guess things turned around. Um, so that, I mean, not, not like a couple of years ago, but it's going well enough so that I feel pretty safe. And I'm renting this apartment in this house, this family, um, actually people I knew from Cambridge like 20 years ago bought this house and they, it's a massive house, um, used to be a stable and carriage house and they're living in like 5,000 square feet and I'm living, this is a couple, and I'm living in 1,800 square feet on the second floor. So I, it's perfect. I feel totally safe. I don't, you know, I don't feel no bears. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. how are you guys? We're doing really well, actually, just uh, with a lot of hope with the new, the new doctor. So we'll see what, you know, what happens next. Sophia's in college and adjusting is still... Not, you know, she, she's doing well, but it's it's been it's been challenging for her, all going away. Where did she go? I, Where's she going? She's at Bard. Yeah, which she's is local, at, right? Bard Nearby. Is, uh, Bard is like two, a little two plus hours west of us in uh, upstate New York, but it's gorgeous. Oh, totally okay. the right place nice. for her. Good. Yeah. So she's she's good. We're good. We're really good. So. So what happened with Warren, or how can I support you? What's going on? Yeah, so, um, okay, I don't know where we left off on that, but his died on December 29th, and yeah. um, he, um, I sort of gave him, I didn't give him, like, sort of just did the polite things and wasn't really tied into anything um, at that point, and um and and then i don't know we might have communicated every few months a couple months for a while and then let's see it was maybe maybe in early july or something he said that he wanted to come see where we lived and you know reconnect and see what was possible between us, uh, you know, without the constraints that we had before. Mm. And he, um, so I was like, okay. And so he was planning to come in the end of August and when he dropped his son off at Brewster in New Hampshire. And then he was driving from Michigan to New Hampshire and he was going to say like, um, for three days with us or two days with us. And I was going to put him up in a hotel. And, mm. and then halfway here, he was in Albany and he got Paul indicating that he had COVID. And so he no had, to, cause they both had to be tested. Yeah. So mm. he turned back and headed home and then he was going through the COVID thing for, you know, like a, a good seven, 10 days. And then finally he got through it. It wasn't horrendous. Um, oh, so and, he got it. He really got it. Oh, yeah. He had it. He had the symptoms. 
he had one positive test and one negative test and it was very confusing. And then he started getting symptoms and, um, but he got through it and, and his, he, his couple of his sons were there at the same time, like his son from, um, Brooklyn was there and he was the one who gave it to him. So anyway, he got through it and then he had a negative and he had, was, symptom three for, for a number of days and then he brought it, drove his son out again but he didn't have time to stay so we decided to um, he was like I, I, I'm coming out to drop him off but I have to be back on Monday so I can't stay and he's like what do you think we should do and I was like well you know either we carve out time to get together or we don't I mean it's not like we're going to bump into each other at the supermarket and he's right. like, well, great, I'll, I will fly out. And um, But we ended up having another time he said he was going to fly. But the wind, I said, well, listen, why don't I come up? We'll meet in Concord, New Hampshire, and we'll have lunch. And so we did. And um, so, like, we had this lovely two hours together. And um, But it was mixed for me because he was still wearing his wedding band and still talked a lot about wow. Helen and... Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, after hearing him talk about Helen, um, it's like after the visit, I had a lot of processing to do because he was like, um, and we said, let's, you know, get together again soon. Maybe he'll fly out in a, in a few weeks. And um, we left it. It was all positive. I hugged him and we hugged each other. We had a very sort of sweet, but, you know, kind of simple kiss because we're in public and anyway so and then I I got tested afterwards and I was fine but um so anyway he um after a while a few days after this visit I was processing and I came to feel like the way he talks about Helen now is completely different than the way he did before he died. And he talks about her with warmth and nostalgia and appreciation and admiration. Like, it is completely different. And slowly, slowly, this has sunk in with me. And, um, and I started to get really, really angry <laughs> because... Mm. Um, couple reasons. First of all, I sort of, the first thing was like, wow, this is not how I thought he felt about her. Um, now I know death creates, it has a halo effect, but mm. like I sort of feel duped and misled um, because I sort of thought that the marriage was dead in all but name. And now the way he's talking about it, it's not. And he's having a really hard time actually with the grief. Um, mm. and the way he talks about it is like, oh, I lost her, you know, like he has talking to this friend. Anyway, th that's the way he presented. I lost Helen, which is completely different. So I sort of felt like, okay, the marriage wasn't over. So what the fuck have I been doing all this time? Talking to a married man yeah. about a, you know, intimately. And, um, I suddenly felt really, really angry about that. And I felt really angry. Um, well, and betrayed about, and, and misled, yes. all kinds of stuff. Yes. And so then 
I I started like a whole texting, like because we, you know, most of the time we communicate by text, and I know it's not nor it's not great, but that's what Ideal, we do. But that's yeah. our medium. Yeah. For, not entirely, but to a large degree. And um, I was like, so do you think that you're ready for to start something new? And he said, actually, I don't really know. Um, anyway, and I and then I got really pissed, and I expressed some anger at him, and I said. You know, anyway, what I would like to do today is um, we're in like a shitty place. I wanted to share with you the text um, with you for two reasons. One is I I want you to, I want some feedback on how I express anger. And because one of the things I'm trying to do is I have, as you guys know, suppressed anger from my childhood towards my dad. Um, mm-hmm. And I've begun to sort of work with that, and and I don't know, like I think there's a piece that came out kind of to him, um, <laughs> and then the other piece is like, you know, he's he's kind of gone silent on me, and um, it's pa- it's really painful. I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a painful spot because I'm angry. I feel misled and duped and lied to, and then you know I feel shitty about what I've been doing with him for the past two or three, three and a half years off and on, which is talking to a married man where I, which is not what I thought I was doing, you know? Um, And it's not what I thought we were doing. And um, so I'm just going to take pictures of the text if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because what he's been feeling is like lack of purpose and meaning. Like, what is his purpose mm. now that he died? And I'm sort of like, what? You know. Um, right. That's not what I thought. Um, And it's so hard to tell, right? Because is is this him? Is this him uh, just processing grief in a very odd way, or is this really what has been going on? And we have no way to find out, really, what is what is the truth of the matter? Was the marriage really dead or not? It's just so hard to know at this point. Yeah. Did you send it via email, or did you send it? No, I'm still doing it right now. Um, okay, okay. Just checking. Um, okay, so here's the first one. So I just said, um, I don't feel comfortable. Oh, I'm a teeny. Okay, let's see if I can open it up. There it is. Okay, good.
Okay. Wow. What? No, and just the, the fact that when he's saying once again, our timing and circumstances, that's what I was reading. Oh, wait, I'm missing one here. So then he just disappeared, just disappeared. And um, he stopped, he sort of ghosted me. Then I sent a, a voicemail and uh, saying that I was sorry that if I had said, you know, if I'd allowed my, yeah. What? Oops. What is it, this part about your sister's situation and? Yeah, my one of the one of the things above this is um, I was talking to my sister about it, and I I was like, she didn't think his response was doesn't mean that he because I thought he was lying to me, and she's like, you know, that's not necessarily true. Just because he feel this, he you know, he may have he might have been saying those things to you before, but he. Um, that was true that he wasn't lying to you. It's normal to have a reaction like he's having. She's like, my ex husband, when her ex husband died and they were divorced and she had a restraining order against him and she was, thought he was pretty odious. When he died, she had a very hard time. And she's like, it's just normal because, and that was one of the things I had written above. I was writing a lot about his thing, you know, his experience and that it was harder than it seemed. And, And at one point I asked him if he thought he was depressed because feeling, you know, meaningless and purposelessness and um, so I need to be able to express anger. Like I need to be, I, mm-hmm. I felt justified in it. You know, I felt like he showed up. He asked me to show up and I did. And, you know, he showed up with a wedding band and all this nostalgia for Helen. And I was like, I'm fucking sick of talking about Helen. We've talked about Helen for the last four and a half years. And I did say that before we even got together. There were two things I said. I was like, I I would love to see you no matter what. But um, honestly, I have a couple of concerns. And one is that Helen has been at the center of our relationship for a long time. And that is not it's really not ideal. It's not going to work like that. It puts me in a certain position. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then I tried to bring it up again. And, um, uh, that second conversation didn't, wasn't clear at all. <laughs> and then, then I blew up. Then I was just like, I've had it. I can't talk to you about Helen anymore. Seriously. Right. Like I cannot fucking have another conversation about your ex-wife. Like when do I get to be important? 
Right. And I, part of it is my responsibility because I do ask, but part, or I, I, I participate. I don't shut it down, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but neither does he. And um, I just, anyway, so what do you think about this exchange? Well, what I think is that he, um, it's it's so, so far, and I haven't finished it, but so far it sounds like you just expressed yourself and he he seems to be, well, he's always been kind of somewhat passive. He's not a, an, an assertive. Because from my experience, he has not been assertive. Like I see, I even see the number of texts that you send him compared to what he replies. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's like in every page, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that you're saying. And, and he's like, I'm sorry that I heard you, basically, right? Yeah. And that's um, it. And then he disappears. It's, it's completely unsatisfying. Well, this is... Um, I don't know what the the audio that you sent him was, but I do see that on the 29, you wrote, I apologize if I express myself in a harsh manner, wishing all the best for all of you. To me, that is like a good luck, goodbye, bless, you know, blessings. You know, it, it seems like a, a goodbye. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not an opening. Right. And that's kind of true. what I said in the in the beginning yeah, as ahead. well. Like I said, you know, I don't feel comfortable having a romantic relationship with you. And what at the time I was thinking right now under these circumstances. Um, right. But I didn't say that. So the whole thing seems like a shutdown. But even, and then what I said in the, the voicemail was, I wanted to apologize or, you know, if there was anything snarky in my text to you because I was, this is a very, very poor, it was actually eloquent, this is a very poor reproduction. Um, I was coming from a place of hurt and disappointment and sadness, and I just lost my composure, and I hope, you know, I, I apologize if it was snarky. And, um, you know, the truth is that For a long time, it's been um, challenging for me to be on this side of the situation. And I've never really talked about it with you because you've always been going through such a difficult time. And finally, the dam burst, and it just sort of came out. And um, I don't know. I said a whole other thing as well. I can't remember what it is. But I just felt shitty about how I had expressed myself, you know, like I overdid it. well, that's it. This is, yeah. I I think Deb, that um, if this were someone that you just started dating, like someone, if if this interaction happened, and you have been dating this person for a month or two months, I would say, you know what? Clearly, there's there's you know a button has been pushed that you know brought brought like a huge domino effect. I still believe that there is enough, you know, you're always, all that your, you know, all your emotions have to do with what has happened with him in the last, I mean, you've had Warren in your system in a way 
for quite a lot of many years. How long has it been? Yeah, it's been four and a half a while, years. So. Yeah. Okay. So four and a half years. Um, so it, it's a big button, and then it, this does bring up a lot of other things for you. I, I don't want to even point to what exactly, but I know that it has to do with, you know, feeling betrayed, feeling like you just get crumbs. There, there's so much mixed in this whole thing. Uh, yeah, I and the triangle you, with the triangle. Yeah, yeah. with Ellen. Yeah, the triangle, the, the feeling like, you know, the hot and cold, like he's really, really into you, but then he's not available, connecting and then disconnecting. And, and what I see is that you communicated to him if I'm accurately, I'm out of that screen right now, but you continue communicating September 25th through the 27th or 28th, and he stopped. He stopped. Yes. Like there's no response from him at all. Right. So. And that's what's hard. I don't. Yes. Yeah. It's I, I, I feel like, well, there's two pieces here for me. I don't think that your, your way of expressing yourself is, is inappropriate in the least. I feel like, you know, I hope that in some ways you're tapping her. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yeah. Wonderful. Because what I sense is that you have been yourself. This, this is who you are. If you cannot bring yourself to the table and express your feelings, yeah. then it's like it's going nowhere, clearly it's going nowhere. But, you know, if you're with someone that cannot actually hold space for your response and what, how this may be affecting yeah. you, he's definitely not in the right place to be with you. Uh, and he may not even be the right person. He right. seems to, interestingly enough, he has no problem expressing to you how he feels and talking about Ellen and the whole thing. And then it's like, well, this is just clearly not working for me. You know, this is just not working for me. Um, he said that. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying that this, this is what I would say. Is, well, that, that's what I'm reading that he's saying, and also what I would say if I were in your shoes that he can just come and express how he's feeling, as if you've been friends or you know connected for many, many years. Uh, but then when you share how you feel, then he just says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you, and then he disappears. Yeah. So I, I'm curious, what is it about him that is just so hard to let him go? Yeah, that's a good question. Because, and at this point, I have to tell you what, what comes to mind is, some sort of like past life, some sort of contract, something that happened between the two of uh, you. Yeah. Where somehow you really... feel like there, there's something there that you either need to hold space for him or be patient or I don't know. You know, maybe in a past life you killed the guy and now you have to just hold the candle <laughs> for him. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. And yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's what, you know, comes to, but the, the biggest thing is how can you really take care of yourself because clearly he's not doing it and he's not able to put even himself out there. Yeah, he's not staying present through a difficult dialogue. No. 
No, it, it, it's like he could, you know, other relationships guys have been like, um, like it's messy and you kind of, you get in there and you're like in the messy mud bath for a little while and yeah. you find your way through, you know, and yeah. even if you say things that, that are hurtful or, or, or you don't mean like you find, you just muck around and yeah. he's just disappearing. Um, yeah. And his actions, like he's just not present and, you know, particularly like it also the value proposition for me changes. I'm going to get back to your question. If Helen is the total love of his life and he continues to present that way, like I am not interested in that. That is not a value proposition I want. You know, the only thing yeah. that kept me present in that was like, it's been a shit relationship for 15 years. And the only reason I stayed was for the children and a sense of obligation. Um, and um, that that creates an opening for us to mean something to each other or for me to mean, yeah. for us to have equity around the meaning of each other as opposed to me being sloppy seconds for him after this great 32-year marriage, marriage or 41-year love affair, you know. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I can cope with that that would not feel, I don't want to feel like a, in the shadow of some other relationship. Um, well, and if, so, regardless, of how, regardless of how it is, Deb, clearly he's not available. And it's interesting. He's not available. He wasn't available. He's not emotionally available. And, and that, I think that he, he proves that I, I'm not questioning the val- his value as a human being, as a man. I'm not questioning that. What I see very clearly in his actions is that he is not available physically, right? I mean, it takes you months to get together for a two-hour lunch. He's not available yep. emotionally. He doesn't show up. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that either one of those work for you. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. And so the question is, do I um, end it permanently or leave the door open? And I, you know, I've sort of unintentionally ended it permanently in this dialogue. Yeah. And um, that's not what I intended to do. Yeah. But maybe it's what I should do. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it's the third time we've tried and it's the same thing. He's still not available. And if I, you know, have some sense of waiting in the background, um, you know, am I, like, it could be years or never. Yeah. He could never be available. Well, not in the way that you want because it may never, see, now that she's she's dead, uh, he may still hold a candle to her in some sort of way that she's still these, you know, whatever, right? The love of his life or the mother of her right. children, of his children or, you know, like, I I don't see you. I, I've gone to places, okay, where there is a couple where one of them died. Like this, like my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law's house, she remarried a third time, but her second husband died. And throughout the house, Deb, every time I go, I'm like appalled. There's there's yeah. tons, I mean, I'm not talking one in her office in a corner. I'm talking about 
photos of, you know, her with her second husband throughout yeah. the house. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. been yeah. married to this other guy for like 12 years. And so I couldn't be that other person. But, no. you know, we're all different. And I don't know if that would, I don't think that would work for you. It wouldn't work for me. And if she suddenly become this like tragic Joan of Arc figure who, you know, has died mm-hmm. and then she becomes glorified. I mean, before she died, he was like, I know what's happening is terrible and tragic, but I think I'm going to be more relieved when it's over. And the boys are too. We're all just really fed up with her. And I knew it wasn't going to be like that. I knew it would be more severe than that. But now she's become this like, you know, he's putting her on this incredible pedestal and he's just, and so um, I'm, I can't live with that, you know? So it's just. Yeah. One thing about your communication style, it is possible. I'm not, I'm not denying in any way. It is possible that you get extremely triggered and you express yourself in a very harsh way. And to me, that is okay in terms of being, being or building a relationship. The problem is that you have no physical proximity, no emotional connection for that to be absorbed, processed, discussed, understood. You know, it's like, because I see that you started, you continued uh, like expressing and explaining and and sharing some insight about it, but he he was out. He's like gone. Yeah. So does there, it seem no... harsh the way I do it? it? Did it seem harsh? Like well, I was I at the can... time. I was full of rage. I mean, I yeah. was full of rage. Yeah. And how does it come across? Let me look at what was it that, that came across that. There is why things duplicate. See, when you talk about that, for example, he could have taken huge offense with what you said. Helen is definitely not a dating topic. Perhaps you have noticed I really bring up my exes and I have 26 years worth yeah. of exes. Because that is like you're comparing 26 years of exes of relationships to a 32-year marriage. And he may be like, lady, you have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. So that, you know what I mean? That, that, is, that could be very harmful in terms of like, because I, I sense that you're you're pissed. You're pissed. This did not work for you, and I feel, but in no no place, unless I, I miss you know I miss something. Did you ever say something about you know I'm very surprised. I was just you know I was there and I was I wanted to be present for you, but I didn't realize at the time how hurt I was by the fact that we were talking so much about Helen. And when she, you know, a year ago, I think I did say, ago, I did say hurt. You did? I did say that I was, I was really hurt and confused about how we always talk about Helen. Maybe I didn't send that part to you. Let me, see, let me find that. Um, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm glad that you did because I. 
And you also put, like in the very beginning, I don't know the date, I think that I need to stop discussions about an involvement between us of a romantic nature. I'm not comfortable mm-hmm. with that given what you're experiencing this year. Um, mm-hmm. And, that, you know, whether you admit that or not. So that, that is when the, the, your communication, just for pure communication's sake, forget about war and under circumstances, it's a bit jabbing. Deb. That's what it is. It's like mm-hmm. I feel like you go for the gut, and <laughs> which, which I totally understand, and it's an incredibly normal and understandable thing to do. The piece that is hard is that you're not in each other's presence. So it's like you don't get a chance to, it's like almost like you, you open up and you're vulnerable when it, from a hurt place. So it's like, you know, if you have, if you imagine a, a kitty, right, or a kitten that, that is hurt and it's with, their, you know, their paws up, you know, they're not going to just open up the, you know, themselves and show you their wound. They're just going to try to scratch you if you get close, which is what you did. And it's very, very hard to be vulnerable and open and express the hurt and request open, you know, openness from the other person to, to console you or to say what, what's going on for you because this is my experience. Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel that you feel safe with him. In order to be vulnerable with someone and really show your hurt and your wound, you need to feel safe. You need to feel like the person Mm -hmm. is there for you. And he doesn't do that. So I'm sharing these two sides because I, I really hope that you do find a person that can hold space. And even if you job at them, that they will say, hey, ouch, that hurt, or that's not a way that I want to, you know, be communicated with, what is really going on. But he's just saying, I didn't intend to hurt you, and then he disengages. Yep. So I said, I don't know if that that I said, talking about Helen has always pushed, right above that comment, I said, talking about Helen has always pushed me into a friend therapist position, which has confused me and hurt me. Yes. Then he said, the last thing I wanted to do is hurt you or anybody else. Right. And this is a snarky text that I was apologizing for. Helen is definitely not a dating topic. Perhaps you've noticed I rarely bring up my exes. Mm -hmm. So perhaps whomever you date next, this is a snarky part. Whoever you date next, unless they're recently widowed to, will hopefully not have to go through that. Right. I was so, that was like, fuck you. Right. Fuck you for doing this to me. It was like four and a half years of I've been putting myself aside for, you know, my needs, my wants, my desires aside to be compassionate towards you, your best interest, your kid's best interest, and Helen's best interest. Mm -hmm. And um, I have put my needs and my desires 100% aside, and I just hit the wall. That's what I was feeling. And I've gotten... you know, <coughs> excuse me, nothing from it. Right. And very rightly so, Deb, very rightly so. I think that it makes, it makes so much sense. It's just that he is not there. I mean, can you, you send for what, three days or so, you send messages and he didn't reply? He disengaged. Yeah. He just blew me off. 
Yeah. He, he's just like, he might just be like, fuck her, this is too hard. And you don't, you or, don't need or want someone like that. No, I don't. Or the other possibility is that it's such, like, this is so out of the blue. I mean, all I've been is a compassionate year for four years. And then, wham. And he was also, you know, like, Helen was really angry at him for 20 years, so, or however long. He might be, I don't know how she was with him. Like, I guess she was abusive and said horrible things. I don't know the things. Very critical and very, yeah, she, she, she was. Blame me. See, that's it. It may be, it may be triggering that because it is true uh, that he, she was blaming him and she was making him the problem constantly. And even you mentioned that when we talked about him, that she, he would share that yeah. with you. Yeah. And now, have I done that here? A little bit. To a degree, yes, because yeah. Because what you're doing is like, you know, you're, you're not talking about, see, at some point what is really, would be really huge, and, uh, and not always, but I, I learned to do this. Whenever I'm really in that space, I just stop for a couple of days before I communicate with anybody. Yeah. And even with Stefan, I said, you know what, I cannot talk to you right now. I'm not in a good place. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's better if I just process this on my own and then get clear because because I'm aware that, it, you know, like you said, for you it's four and a half years and how many others of the solutions, disappointments, hurts, you know, feeling taken advantage of or, or betrayed. So it's a lot of history in that moment. Um, and, and, and it of course, it adds up that he's the one that contacted you, right? Mm-hmm. Like he said, yep. well, so in, in a way, it's like he's opening the door, and then he's right. The he initiated this round. Yes, exactly. So that that's even worse because it's like, well, let's let's talk about it, and yeah, it's 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 extremely frustrating and enraging. It makes a lot of sense. To enraging, yeah. It is. It's totally. You're enraging. right. I do need I, to. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. What go were you going to say? Well, that I really do wish that you find someone that is that is there for you, that is really interested, engaged, and committed to work through the mess because relationships are messy. Yeah. You cannot just have a relationship, you know, that you see, you know, you communicate by text and you see each other every three to six months. That's not a relationship. No, it wouldn't have been like that. We were going to, you know, pick it up. Like we were, you know, talking often and FaceTiming and and texting almost every day. And he really stepped up the whole thing. Like we were beginning to be, there was beginning to be an involvement, you know, and it wasn't Mm. all about Helen. And it was like I was there, you know, texting every morning and evening when he had COVID and then. Like when I may have had COVID and we weren't sure and the doctors were concerned because of my exposure to him, which I didn't, was confusing that that was even an issue, but they thought so. He didn't check up on me like that, you know. Mm. He just said, well, I hope you don't have and I would feel terrible if I gave it to you. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, I, I guess what I don't know if I should, and I did apologize, like in, in the, 
voicemail I sent. I said I was speaking out of hurt and sadness and disappointment and also sort of built up over four and a half years of, you know, not sharing stuff because of where he was and um, that I sort of apologized for that text about my exes and Helen as a dating topic and he hasn't responded to that. I do need a, but this is helpful because I do need a way of dealing with that, that amount of rage. Like when I'm in that yeah. bad a place, like I felt like I was showing a lot of restraint in these texts because <laughs> I was, I was really like, this does not really reflect like some of it comes through, but the, this is like a, a fraction of what I was feeling. Yeah. So I felt sort of good, but you know, looking at it in black <laughs> and white, it's actually you know, it's it's palpable. There's there's a lot of frustration yeah. there, and he could just be like, and it's out of the blue because I've never expressed. Oh, that's the other thing I said. I said I acknowledge that this probably came out of the blue, and you know, I've never expressed frustration or anger to you before, and I'm sure you just felt slammed by this, and I just acknowledge yeah. that, and um. So I just don't know if I should do anything or let him jump back into the mess or if I should leave it open, like open for the future, another time when he might be ready or what I should do. So let's, let's, do, let's do some, some what, I want your body to, to just share with us where, where you're at. So just I'm going to invite you to close your eyes, take a deep breath, and just feel your body and just connect with like your feet on the ground, Deb, and just notice when it comes to Warren and the energy he holds in your body, Mm -hmm. just notice the emotions that are present right now. And if it feels that this is just over and toxic and you don't want anything to do with it, or given, you know, all the FaceTiming and texting and connection, is, does it feel like it's not done? It's only, only you know, you know. It feels incomplete. Yeah. But is that because he's disengaged or, or? No, I, the sense that I get, Deb, is that it would be really wonderful to have a conversation. And, and, and it may not be a, a simple conversation, but I, this is what I will recommend is like, just notice all the energy that you still hold, like the frustration, the, the not feeling if you feel deceived or if you feel like let down or betrayed and allow all of that, all of those emotions to be present, being enraged and being sad and feeling hurt and just tap, I would say, for at least 10 minutes straight. Just tap it out. Just really allow yourself to feel it. 
Mm-hmm. And when that is done, we can do it together or on your own, whatever you choose. But when that is done, come to a place where you honor all of your feelings and you feel totally validated and notice what, how you want to communicate and what. What I see that would be extremely helpful to you, I don't honestly care about him. He's a wonderful person, but I care about you. Is um, Yeah. A conversation where it's like, you know what, Warren, I feel like there was a lot that, I, I feel like there's, there's, I would really appreciate if we can have a conversation. A conversation where you feel open to being vulnerable and sharing how you feel. You know, you have been very important in my life. Uh, I know that you have not been available, understandably so. And um, I had a different understanding of what may happen after several months, you know, after Helen's death. And I noticed in your conversation that it, it, it was quite the opposite. I, I was, I, it got me concerned because it seemed to me that somehow he was the love of your life and, you know, you're holding this incredible space for him. And, um, and that was very hurtful for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm just curious, like, you know, I, I, this, for me, this is not over, and yet I, I really need to take care of myself. So where are you at? What is going on? Because he's the one that reached out and wanted to, to find out what was left or what is That's going, right. You know. That's right. I didn't push and it. That, I, didn't, I didn't think it would be ready, you know, at this point. I, I didn't anticipate it at all. And he, so he's the one that reached out, and he... And that feels like it was left unexplored because you, I don't know what else you talked. You know, maybe you did discuss about how it would go if you were to reconnect. And, but my guess is that at some point, him talking about Helen so much, you got so triggered that whatever else he said was not important. Well, we had been talking about, you know, us going there and he wanted to show me, um, where he lives and like location's an issue. You know, he wanted me to mm-hmm. see where he lives and if I would like that. And um, I wanted, you know, his, I don't think he'd be open to moving here, which is kind of an issue for me. Um, mm. But, um, and I think me, I think he would want me to move there. So there were conversations, like he hinted at those kinds of conversations and I suggested we go there and he invited me there. and He wanted us there and, uh, to visit and, you know, so there were lots of conversations about mm-hmm. that, but um, there was a lot that we didn't even get to, you know, because right. he doesn't have the bandwidth and we, you know, we just haven't, this came up and all of a sudden yeah. I was just like, why would you show up to a, a lunch, a date with me? Wearing your wedding band and talking about right, Helen in this way. Ask him, see, that, that's the thing that, the, but you have to, this is a conversation that has to happen when you're in a really neutral place, in a, in a, yeah, in a place of yeah. openness, not in a place of anger. Because yeah. um, it's a really sensitive topic. It's sensitive and it's also understandable that if he's like, wait, whoa, wait a minute, like, you know, where is all this coming from? And 
um, you know, I just opened the door, but I, I don't, I don't want to open the door to just being shot at, you know, it's like, okay. So it's like, where is it that you're coming from? It's like, well, you know, this is what I have been feeling all along. And because of different circumstances, you've been mostly passive, and I've been the one that I feel like I have been more of, you know, present and validating and supportive. And he may say, you know, I feel like I've been supportive of you too. I have no idea. I will, you know, maybe his experience is, is different than yours, right? And that's also important to find out. Yeah, I think he has been supportive of me, but I have always been putting my needs and interests aside. Like when I'm in that conversation, I, I even have done, you know, suggested and supported him around what's best for Helen, you know, like, right. and their kids. And so, but you know what, um, Deb, that, that is something that as much as it's, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but as much as it, it reads really, you know, well, or like a good thing, in reality, in relationship, that is not a good thing. Because you put your, your needs and your, you know, your feelings aside and to be there for him. But in a way, now you're actually sending him an invoice. That's why we say it in Spanish, like meaning like, you know, you resent it because it's not really what you were not taking care of you. And that is not fair to him. Does that make sense? Are you there? Uh oh. That was really Deb, can you hear me? I didn't move at all. Deb? Oh, this is fascinating. Hmm. I'm gonna text you and see if you can hear me or what's going on. Gonna stay here for a moment. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.